everybody, welcome to a fresh edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. I'm Chris Bowden, your pre and post game host on WGN Radio. Here with the Chelsea blogger himself on WGNRadio.com, Mr. NHL.com Blackhawks correspondent. And man, looking like he needs another vacation after writing his latest gamer in the 5 4 shootout victory over the Buffalo Sabres. Scott King, we will get to your vacation a little bit later on in our podcast, but um, as as we reflect on this wild shootout win over Buffalo, probably one that uh, should have been uh, turned out to be a lot more difficult than it should have been, uh, based on the way the Blackhawks have been playing lately, and they got out of this one with their two points to kind of continue treading water. Unfortunately, that's all it is right now in the playoff race. But you know, when you look at back at this game, and even as it was going on. The way it was being played was kind of typical and one you would expect from two teams being in the positions that they are. I think both teams played fairly hard, although maybe not necessarily too smart at times. It was not a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination. After the conclusion of this game, uh, and I think even before, the the Sabres are in a, a worse-off position to uh, attempt to make a playoff run than the Hawks, so in the East, that is. So that kind of gives you an idea, I guess, of uh, of what kind of team they're up against. But, yeah, not, not pretty. Those uh, three goals and 329 in the second unanswered. Uh, that was kind of brutal. Hawks were up two to zero before that, so uh, not what you want to see. That really kind of just puts a magnifying glass on the fact that you took your foot off the gas. Yeah, and you know, I, I even thought the Blackhawks, even though they came out of the first period up to nothing, they were outplayed for much of that first period. And I think Buffalo pretty much carried the play uh, more so over the course of the first two periods, and. Really deserved to be ahead three to two. They have that two nothing lead in the first. Buffalo catches up in the blink of an eye, including a shorthanded goal, and that kind of leads us into the next topic here. With you know, two things are, are happening right now. You know, the Blackhawks got back into this race strictly by offense and mainly from the power play, and. You know, kudos to them for coming out of this with a victory, but their power play goes 0 for 5 once again. Granted, it was against, I think, the number 5 ranked penalty kill in the league, but they're not 1 for 14 over the course of their last four games. That's drying up a little bit, and it's gotten to the point where, due to workload and due to a little bit of lack of results on that West Coast trip, Jeremy Colleton thought it was time to to juggle the lines a little bit, and it came with some some mixed results, but... I think he was he was starting to see some fatigue, even though Taves and Kane may not admit to it, starting to see some signs of fatigue. Hats off to them for carrying this team for as long as they did and getting them back into the mix. But then having to face so many of top defensive matchups over the course of, of time and then going out there for extra shifts, trying to you know continue to gather points by having Kane out there 22, 25, sometimes 27 minutes a game. Uh, I, I think he was he, he his own words was that he forced it forced his hand to try and spread the wealth with Taves Kane and Debrinket on separate lines and try and get a little balance going. I guess in retrospect when you look at the score sheet that was accomplished here tonight with, you know, Anisimov and and Perlini coming through, but yeah, unfortunately, it's gotten to the point here where you know he he's had to reach for some new solutions here. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Kane was basically by the end of the game double shifting yeah. and back on that top line again. Again, uh, yeah, no, the, with the lines, I was willing to give them a chance, and it's you know Anisimov wound up having a great game, two goals, two huge goals, and 
it just seemed like, you know, first few shifts in the first period, I, I imagine Kane's head, he was screaming, put me back with uh, with Johnny because um, I saw a lot of a lot of plays where he had a good stride going. He's breaking up ice and they just they just couldn't hit his tape, whether it was Kahuna or Anisimov. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's, you know, that could be that could be anybody it could just be finding timing and chemistry again. But it, it you know, I don't think that spreading your offensive guys to create balance uh, on the different lines among the forwards, that's not addressing the issue. The issue is defense. So I, where I understand you know, a, a need to, to try things out when you've gone a little cold and, and to spread the wealth a little bit, but you know, that's, not, that's not fixing their defense. And when the Hawks went on this hot streak, they won it by shootouts, by more or less. And not literal shootouts, but by high-scoring games. And they managed to get through. I, I guess the positive news in that is that Anisimov is contributing more. Perlini's contributing a little bit more. That's certainly an encouraging sign. And if they can get him back on track along with the way that Dylan Strom, the birthday boy on Thursday, has played um, that would be really impressive. But let's take a break here and listen to what the head coach Jeremy Carlton had to say after his team survived and continues to remain nine points out of the second wild card after practically every team, every team that was in action in front of them, save for Colorado in their matchup against Dallas, uh, came away taking care of business on Thursday night. You've seen a lot from Debrinket this year. What did you? What were you thinking when he goes out there for the last shot like that? For the in the shootout. He's a guy who knows how to put the puck in the net, so I felt pretty good about it. Same with the other two. He was pretty impressive in overtime. Like, just kept taking the puck away from guys. Did you notice him get stronger just or smarter on the puck? Sorry, who? To bring him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just like the way he kept, kept taking pucks away from guys in overtime. and just. Yeah, I think um, as far as intentions go, that was maybe the best we played in overtime. I thought we... We kept him on their half of the rink, and we didn't let him change. We threw the puck away a few times when we had him uh, vulnerable, but uh, that we're aggressive about getting pucks back when they were tired, and that was a positive for us. We didn't uh, convert, but I still think we did some good things. He was part of that. He, he did a good job pursuing pucks and winning battles, and uh, maybe could have had one. What did you see during the second period that allowed them to score those three goals in a short period of time? Uh, we just made a couple poor decisions, um, you know, all, all three of them really. We think overall, defensively, we were not bad. Um, but for that stretch of time, we just switched off, it seemed like, and uh, we went from being in reasonable control of the game to, to chasing it. And uh, really all the way up until uh, those, they scored those goals, I didn't think we were super sharp. But uh, then we got better. I just wish we didn't have to face adversity to turn our brains on. And, um, and to our credit, I thought our third period was pretty good. And um, we got two points. But at some point, we need to take a step there defensively. We have. I mean, we, there's been games where we've been better. But we got to do it more consistently. Have you seen Perlini using his speed better? He's scoring, but is he also looking better? Yeah, he seems to have a little life, a little more energy. Um you know, it's got to find a way to get himself going because he's can be dynamic um, with his. Obviously, he's a great skater and he's big and he's got skill. He can shoot the puck, so that's a pretty nice package. And I think the last few games, he's shown a little more, a little more jam, a little more uh, willingness to get involved and uh, win races and win puck battles. And then it, it doesn't. It's no coincidence he's going to produce. Does it help? I mean, some of that come from who he's playing with too. I mean, those are two highly skilled players. Yeah, but you know, I think he he earned that 
by how he played in the other games. So um, hopefully he can build on it now. Jeremy, you get two points. That's your job. That's what you want to do at the end of the night. Is it at all deflating that the teams you're chasing also get two points and you're still stuck where you are? Uh, it could be, I guess. But we can't control that. We just got to put good performances together and we'll add it up at the end. Um, everyone looks, you know, so can't help but notice but um, we don't do ourselves any favors if we let things like that take energy away from us we just got to keep winning and uh, if we do that then things have a way of sorting out where do you feel like the breakdowns are happening on the shorthanded goals as of late um well tonight i just think we a little bit late to react um to get back and then just kind of a sorting situation where there's a little bit of confusion and then um, obviously the guy made a good play but he was sort of by himself um, we were a little bit out of sync tonight uh, on the power play and uh, we, we still had some good looks we didn't convert and then um, yeah that was a tough one to give up with the with the knee and I know you don't have a lot of experience with him but does he seem pretty fresh this, for this time of year given his age and how deep you are into the, the season I mean you showed some real dash yeah I, I mean I can't speak to before but uh, I, I think he's playing really well lately um, he's very uh, very active he's skating well he's making plays he's winning battles I think defensively he's taken a step lately he's a little more reliable um, so that's great for us that's good for our team uh, it allows us to spread out the lineup like we did tonight and uh, hopefully he can continue and, and probably even uh, do more you, you did test out some new things on the lines did you like what you saw did it work out or are you going to go back and work on it some more oh, I've I think we did some good things. I really liked uh, the checking line, Campy's line. I mean, they they were great. They played one head-to-head with Eichel all night, and I think we, we looked pretty under control throughout the whole game. I think that's been an issue for us lately, playing against top uh, competition. That's been hurting us. And if we can get that sorted out, then we got the horses on the other lines to come through. What do you think of Crawford, especially, uh, I think, about 12 seconds left in overtime, there was a kind of a wild scene at the net there yeah no issue he looked comfortable and um, there's going to be some contact that's the nature of the sport but I, I, don't, I don't think there's a problem he's fine it's uh, made some saves you know we'll put him in a couple tough situations um, you know I'm, you don't want to give up four goals but uh, there's some pretty good looks in there too obviously it's gotten to the point here late in the season now 15 games to go in the Blackhawks nine off the pace something miraculous is going to happen I don't think it's Totally out of the realm of possibility with the way the Western Conference has gone so far. But a lot of the questioning now with these guys is, you know, uh, they go through a stretch where they had lost four or five after winning 10 of 12. And just that small window shows how much it has cost them because it seems like everyone else they were in the battle with has suddenly put their uh, foot on the on the gas pedal here. Dallas beats Colorado on Thursday night for nothing. The only thing that does is help the Blackhawks cause against Colorado, and they're still five points behind the Avs. Dallas, the next team the Blackhawks will play on Saturday night down in Texas. Minnesota goes into Tampa and shuts out the Lightning three to nothing. So. Yeah, Dallas winning four straight in five of six. You got the Wild six zero and two in their last eight, so seventy five and seventy four points respectively for the Stars and Wild. And then Arizona is now the next team 
out of the wild card, the first team out of the wild card, I should say. They've won seven of eight. They come here on Monday after they shut out Calgary. Calgary suddenly lost four straight. Two nothing to score there. So Arizona at 71, Colorado at 70 after losing at Dallas. And then you have Edmonton is the one four in a row. They're at 67 points, still ahead of the Blackhawks. And the Hawks keep pace, are now actually moving to a tie with Vancouver, which lost in Edmonton. So they're both at 65 points, the Blackhawks and the Canucks. And all it takes is, we've talked about this all season, all it takes is, is a bad week or two or a good week or two, and the narrative all of a sudden changes. But now you're looking through, you know, many more sands going through that hourglass as you look at now less than a month in the season to go. I was asking guys about this earlier on Thursday after the morning skate. It's, you know, for a while now since, what, at at the very least, the beginning of February, it seemed as if they had to win almost every game and and they knew the pressure was on. Now, would you say 15 games left? Mm -hmm. Uh, It really is must win for every game especially when you know all the all the results you just read off where all these teams in the west are are putting some streaks together and they're not even when they win uh sometimes right now they're not gaining any ground so i mean they got to keep winning and not just they got to you got to they're going to need a miracle like you said they need some of these teams to lose too yeah and uh, um the only thing working in their favor is they have a lot of head-to-heads against these teams here because, uh, you know, Dallas, that's the first of, I believe, two te- two times that they'll play them. Yeah, they play Dallas in their final home game here. Um, they'll have Arizona two times, including Monday's matchup. And, you know, they play Vancouver once more. They have a back-to-back against Colorado. So... That's really where they have to take care of business, and even that, then there's no guarantee. Because even after you go to Dallas, come home to play Arizona on Monday, then you're going north of the border to play two playoff teams in Toronto and Montreal who are scuffling and fighting for position in their respective races. So uh, the schedule, uh, not necessarily kind for the Blackhawks, only from the sense that they're going to be facing a few teams that they need to beat in regulation here to even even potentially make things interesting. Uh, we mentioned Patrick Kane being uh, moved off of the line with Jonathan Taves, although third period he was back to double shifting and you know things weren't necessarily where they started with Kane skating with Anisimov and uh, who was that, Cahoon? Yeah, yeah Cahoon. And uh, I thought actually the Strom and Dabrinkit and Perlini line looked they create as many chances as anyone of all the Blackhawks lines on Thursday night. And you look at the score sheet, Debrinkit and Stromer sitting there at minus three. So that's what, you know, neutral zone mistakes and mistakes in your own zone will will do to a final stat sheet. But let's get back to Patrick Kane because after that remarkable streak that he was on, the 20-game point streak, he went four games with just one point, that game-winning goal in Anaheim. Comes back here, has a couple of assists to move past Steve Larmer into fourth uh, sole possession of fourth place in the Blackhawks all-time list at 925. And uh, he met the media afterwards, had a wide range of thoughts, both uh, on his accomplishments and where the team is, and as well as standings watching. Big two points for the team, keeps us in it, and uh, we knew it was kind of a must-win tonight, so... Um, you know, I think uh, we get the two points. We know we can be better and uh, um, get some confidence going into Dallas. Patrick, what did it mean for you to pass Steve Larmer in the all-time career points list in this Blackhawks franchise now holding solo plays for four? Well, yeah, it's special. I think, 
you know, Larmer was a great player. Um, probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, had a great career here with the Blackhawks, and um, you know, one of the guys, one of those guys that played the game the right way. And uh, um, to get by him is pretty special. So um, just keep um, trucking along here. Hopefully, uh, I'll rack up some more points as my career goes on. But I think. Um, you know, more importantly tonight, you know, we got the two points to keep us in this race and uh, um, get some confidence from that. Did you guys have to tell yourself after the second period? I mean, obviously you got the start you wanted, but the second period wasn't what you were looking for. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, we've been in that position before where uh, uh, we've been down a goal going into the third, and sometimes we play like it's all or nothing on every shift, and uh, we're eventually going to give something up, so we find ourselves down two or three, and then it's really tough to come back, so... We just wanted to play the right way, um, try to create um, when we had the opportunity, but not give up too much. And uh, got a goal, gave another one up, and, uh, and got it right back. So uh, a couple good responses. Andrew, you get two points. Tonight. Teams ahead of you get two points. Is it frustrating that you don't gain um, you know, it is what it is. We, we can't control that. I think we control um, how we play in here, the way we go about it. Obviously, um, could have been worse tonight if we don't get anything, and then we're farther behind. So, like I said, it keeps us in it. And, um, you know, they're big points because uh, we know we're playing a lot of these teams down the stretch. So, um, um, try to keep it as close as we can right now. You talked about the stakes and the tension. I mean, does it ratchet up now? Saturday, you go to Dallas? Yeah, big game. Um, huge game for us. Uh, uh, another must win, another game that uh, we need to come out with two, um, try to give them zero and uh, and gain some ground. But um, uh, take it day by day here. You know, we learn from the game tonight, tomorrow. Um, uh, fly to Dallas, get ourselves ready, and uh, um, then bring a better effort than we had tonight. Is there a new, is there a new strategy on, on shootout? It seems like a lot of guys, not just you guys, but are going with this real wide, slower approach to, to the net. Do you gain something on, on guys doing that? Uh, I think everyone just wants to switch it up, um, do something a little bit different. I think there's a lot of pre-scouting in these shootouts, and uh, sometimes it's nice to get a different look. Um, you know, we practice it a little bit at the end of practice uh, pretty much every day where you know, it's not really a shootout, but we're you know taking breakaways from the hash marks and uh, can try some different moves, see what's what's successful for us. So um, I think we're pretty confident in that situation, and uh, uh, the last two have went pretty well for us. Last one for Patrick. Uh, you know, he's not had a great year, but obviously he had a very big night. Yeah, played great for us. A couple of big goals, great move on the on the breakaway, and uh, you know, first shot hits the crossbar on the on the second one, follows it up and uh, and bangs it home. So, like I said, that was a big goal for us because you know you're down down a goal at that point gets us right back in the game um feeling confidence after that so um but yeah he's a fun guy to play with you know he's uh very smooth coming up the middle of the ice he gets to the net um he's got a lot of patience um good hands and tight and he's able to finish so saw that tonight there's patrick kane after living two assists as well as one of the shootout goals the skill guys really did come through in the shootout as as they were able to uh, bang all their shots home to get it. I do stand correct. He's at 924. He, 923 was to tie Steve Larmer, 924. And, hey, he only needs 500 more points to surpass Stan Makita, 500-plus points to surpass Stan Makita to become the Blackhawks' all-time goal score, uh, points leader. Yeah. Little business for for eighty eight, right? And you play another six, seven seasons, right? That's, that's all he needs about to do it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I asked him... After the scrum, when we were done asking him questions, I said, did you know you were that close to uh, to fourth place? And he said that I thought, you know, I thought he would going in because he always knows his numbers 
in other people's numbers. Yes. As you know, he's like a he's yeah. like a hockey historian. But he said that someone actually told him when he tied after his uh, first assist. So I, you know, one of the he didn't say who, but someone told him. I would guess uh, at intermission mm. or. Uh, or no, because he got he got it, uh, the first two goals of the game. He had assists on the first two right, goals, right? right? So I think someone told him on the bench. Mm-hmm. It was one of the coaches. Or oh. and I, I didn't notice any recognition on the score. Did they do that on the scoreboard tonight? Recognizing? I didn't that? see that yeah. tonight. No. Okay. All right. So usually the Hawks are, are on on top of that, but maybe we missed it as well. So, all right. Um, so we take a break from hockey here and uh, uh, veer off the road. My daughter was at the game tonight. We, we did not get her on Kiss Cam tonight. No, so no Kiss Cam. No Kiss Cam tonight. No. <laughs> They did not need to redo anything along those they lines. They all out there the first time. That's uh, right. That's right. Um, but uh, let's talk about uh, your little girl and boy. Uh, it took them on a special trip, as you heard our last podcast, following the game against the Dallas Stars. Um, after the disappointing uh, two losses at home a couple of weekends ago, that you were off to Disney World. And you didn't even win a Super Bowl MVP award, but you were taking the fam there. But I know your son is so young, it's going to require another trip out there sometime soon, so he at least knows what's going on. How was the trip? Yeah, we, we will go back another time. It was great. I, you know, I love Disney World. It was uh, we crammed a lot in. I, I, you know, you do you get uh, you get fast passes and you, and you you get the rides, and then when you use those, you can add more stuff. So I did a lot of stuff that I thought both kids would like, and they did. And <laughs> then I, I I think it was a, a lot. I think I think it was a lot, and. Uh, it would have been perfect if you had like one more day to relax. So my parents were great sports, with a lot of walking around and buses and monorails. But uh, the highlight had to be, <clears throat> excuse me. Your parents went too. My parents went too, oh. and Courtney. Courtney flew oh, okay. too. Oh, really? Yeah, my sister. So yeah, big family. First big family trip with my kids and my family. It was, it was great. In a two room apartment. We uh, we rented a studio. <clears throat> Boy, you're getting a little choked up over these memories here. Yes, I right am. There? No, no, I think I got sick again for my son. Um, As he takes a swig of water. The highlight is we did a uh, thing called Bibbidi Boppity Boo in Cinderella's Castle. My three year old daughter got hair and makeup done and her nails. And, uh, you know, they turned him into a princess. Very nice. I did the affordable package. The basic... Uh, What's tier. the non-affordable package? Um, there's, like, another, like, three tiers, I think, <laughs> where you, you barely walk out of the Magic Kingdom with your clothes on. But So the highlight is she's got it. She has a... You can see from the picture, she's got a tiara. She's got her makeup done, nails. She looks, uh, like, very pretty, but a little older. And, but she looks like a princess. And here she is in this picture... Taking down about a third of a giant turkey leg. This, Magic Kingdom has these famous like giant turkey legs, yeah. and, my, and my dad and I wanted to try them. And, you know, we always joke about my appetite mm-hmm. on the program. And we saw it again in the second intermission again and, tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did, you know, I, I didn't, there was a lot going on in the game. I didn't have time to wrap the meat in tortillas, so I was just eating meat with a fork. <laughs> Caveman, good, good meat. Just like my daughter's eating this giant yes. turkey leg. Look at that. They're massive turkey legs. They're very good, and she loved it. And she's in the <laughs> foreground, and you're in the background, beaming with such pride. I'm so over. proud of her at that moment. Uh, so yeah, I think when I went, my daughter was four, okay. and and that's that's still how, how old is how old is your daughter? Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. 
So you think she's going to be able to remember a lot of this? I think I think some. There's yeah. you know we did a lot, but I, I think some. Well, you're, yeah, you're going to have to like wait about five five years or so while your son's a little older, so they can really absorb all of this. We'll go back in a couple, and then she'll you know remember even more. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a lot of, and, a lot of trips, and and probably by then two turkey legs, perhaps. You know, you work your way up. Much like I do in the press box, one plate and then turns into two. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so great trip. Yeah, great it's trip. Kind of like building up uh, your exercise weights. You know, it's a yeah. gradual. It's a gradual. Baby steps. Right. All right. So how long were you there? We were there. We had three days at the park, and then we had uh, two travel days. So Thursday, left Thursday, got back on Monday. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the temperature was fine. You weren't. Uh, at, you weren't uh, slathered in SPF where if you're out there for a half hour waiting in line, even though you had speedy pass or whatever it was, you weren't yeah. uh, going to get singed? I got a, I got a little uh, toasty. It was like, isn't the 80s and sunny? Um, didn't help all the walking we were doing. There's mm-hmm. a little perspiration, but, it, you know, better than it raining and you have to, like, not go and cancel your plans. Yeah. Okay, so uh, other other uh, topic off hockey here as we uh, wrap things up here is I'm well. It's kind of related to hockey. Actually, it, it probably is more so than I first indicated here. So I'm covering practice on uh, Thursday. No, today's Thursday, so it was Wednesday, and I, I tweet out. You know, I'm doing a head count and stuff. I'm tweeting out. I see, okay, David Camp is back at practice for the first time since his foot injury in about a month, but no Kajula. But my my C didn't work in Kajula, so all that I got, all I typed out was Ajula. And you know, a couple people blew back at me. Uh, what's a jula? The uh, the ice must be really slippery if there's a jula all over the ice and all all this stuff. Trying people trying to be funny. So I just responded back. I said, "It's like um, uh, Martin Short's old uh, SNL character Irving Cohen, who says, give me a C, a bouncy C.'" And it was, and my C bounced out of my tweet right there. So then. Our buddy Jimmy Greenfield from the Tribune walks over and he says, "Let me tell you, did you watch SCTV? Let me give you a little SCTV." I said, "Of course, I watched SCTV," and I, and I forgot that Irving Cohen, the Marty Short character, was originally an SCTV character. So we got into a discussion over SCTV, which is a great series. For those not familiar, you can go back watch episodes on YouTube, late seventies, early eighties. It's typical, great. Canadian dry humor, but from the Second City Troop in Toronto, the John Candies, the Andrea Martins, the Joe Flaherty's, Rick Moranis, Eugene Levy, Levy. Catherine O'Hara. Great, outstanding cast. Um, I I think most people get it. Some, you know, may not be into it, but I thought it was a great show. But then Jimmy brought up this skit that I never saw. I don't remember seeing, and it was a skit called Power Play (laughs) with John Candy playing this oversized oversized child he sent the link to me and i i retweeted it in my in my twitter timeline and you can check it out it's about a 10 minute like mini movie which which sctv used to do a lot of i mean the characters were outstanding but here's john candy being john candy and he's in this like prairie middle of this open prairie with a bunch of much smaller kids playing like field hockey and just barreling them over and elbowing them out of the way and of course, is in in some Toronto burb, and the head coach of the Toronto Bay Leaves is driving around, and he notices this oversized man, child, giant, whatever you want, and uh, 
the bay leaves are struggling and he's hearing on on talk radio people talking about firing him (laughs) he's he's listening so hard and he's like gesturing he doesn't realize that he's like doesn't have his hands on the wheel for about a good like three minutes right so uh then uh billy billy john candy's character catches his eye and he immediately signs him to a contract and then there are, there are different aspects of the story. Like he gets he gets introduced to the captain. Rick Moranis plays the captain, and the wildest wildest clothes ever. <laughs> and in and in Billy's first game, and then there's this there's uh, throughout the whole episode, there's this uh, like sixty seventies folk song. Billy, <laughs> talk, yeah, talk, yeah. you're a man now. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it, it's it's typical SCTV stuff. And in Billy's first game in the NHL against the Philadelphia Flyers, he goes out in the first three seconds and delivers a ferocious hit. Unfortunately, it's on his own captain, Rick Moranis, who has helped off the ice there. So it just reminded me, brought to, brought me back to some pleasant days of SCTV. I don't know. Were you a big fan? Did you ever? You, you that was probably a little bit before your time. Did you ever catch up to any of that? I feel like. I I want to say they showed the reruns maybe like after SNL on NBC or something like that. I remember yeah. watching reruns with my dad. He turned me on to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember they, uh, primarily they were on uh, – during the first run, Haiti, they were on on Friday nights uh, on the local and, and Channel 5 here. I think it was even after Don Kirshner's rock concert. So uh, – but, yeah, some of the some of the characters, you know, the, the Sammy Maudlins and Johnny LaRose and Bill Needle and – Sid Dithers and uh, the Schmengi brothers are <laughs> some of the unforgettable characters, and I, I think I think Jimmy's much more in, uh, Jimmy Greenfield is much more in tune uh, with those, and, and has watched them more recently than I have. So I got to go back. Maybe, unfortunately, with another long Blackhawks off season, I'll have to uh, refresh. The and link is on your Twitter, so people want to watch it. That power place. Yeah, Jimmy uh, sent it to you on your Twitter. Yeah, at Bowden Tweets. Uh, Jimmy is uh, JC Green X, I yes. believe it is. Yes. So uh, that happened on, uh, on Wednesday, so scroll back if you want to catch that link. Uh, uh, and he says it begins at a certain mark in the program. It's a whole program, yeah. a whole show, and it uh, it begins at a certain point. But I just at twenty six fifteen, I want to say, just enjoy the whole show. And uh, yeah, then there's that that one power play. A I had hockey some good laughs. I had some good laughs uh, waiting for the. I was watching it before the game started. So check that out if you can. It brings us uh, this old man back to the back to the time when he enjoyed the SCT. And it got me to thinking also. Candy is gone, Belushi is gone, Farley is gone, and you wonder if they were still around what what they'd be what kind of movies they'd be taking they'd be making today. And even uh, even before Candy died and before Belushi died, they were starting to make more not necessarily the you know the hijinks off the rail comedy movies like Continental Divide with Belushi and then John Candy. What was the, what was the it one was here? JFK. Yeah, yeah, he had a role right. in JFK. Right, right. Uh, when I interviewed Jay Moore, Jay Moore told me that he thought Chris Farley had an Oscar in him if he was still alive. Really? Yes, because really. he was such a good entertainer and yeah. an actor. Even Phil Hartman, too. Phil Hartman was yeah. one of the most talented cast members. Right. So I wonder if, if those great talents were still alive, what kind of work they'd be doing today and whether it would be just as entertaining and whether they'd, they'd stay in more comedic lane or, you know, go to something more dramatic. And obviously those guys are turned out to be talented enough to, to kind of spread their wings. Too. Another bit of trivia for you. Uh, before Farley 
passed away, they were in talks to do a baseball movie with that whole crew. Farley, Sandler, really? Spade, and Chris Rock. They're going to okay. do a baseball movie. Yeah. yeah. Too sad. Wish they were, uh, wish they were still around. Uh, anything you're working on outside of the box here? Or uh, any, any movie stars, singers, celebrities that uh, you got coming up yeah. on your docket? Dip in my, uh, my interviews and my <laughs> story. I, I, yeah, the metaphor is lost on me, but I'm, I'm trying out uh, some writing about, uh, I guess, reality TV. Richard Rawlings, who does all these uh, garage shows and, and car shows on Discovery Channel. I interviewed him actually in the press box today because I couldn't find a good spot. And uh, that'll be on Forbes.com in a few days. Okay. Uh, very good. And you've got your usual Chelsea Blogger stuff on WGNRadio.com and... The Blackhawks Crazy page on Facebook.com backslash Blackhawks Crazy. And you can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott, Me- at Scott King Media. We're exactly at midnight here, Thursday into Friday, as we wrap up our podcast taping. And you can follow me at, at Bowden Tweets. Always, always subscribe to the Blackhawks Crazy podcast on iTunes. And as soon as a new fresh edition becomes available, It'll be ready for you. Leave a review as well. And in terms of our next podcast, this is going to be a little bit tricky because the Blackhawks just have one home game coming up on Monday. Then they're on the road through next weekend, so we may have to circle back. You know, they have a two-game homestand on the 18th, 21st, maybe after that game on the 18th against uh, Vancouver. We'll be able to freshen things up. Unfortunately, it'll be a little bit more than a week, but we hope uh, you'll join us then. Look out for it then. Thanks as well, uh, well to Joe Romano, as always, for his editing expertise. And once again, thanks to you for listening. Blackhawks get their two points, but man, the tests continue. Dallas Saturday, Arizona here Monday, and then off to Montreal and Toronto for Original Six Hockey in reverse order. It's Toronto on Wednesday and Montreal a week from Saturday. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you after the Blackhawks get home on Monday the 18th to take on Vancouver. Vancouver.